Welcome to the Redeeming Productivity Show. This is the show that helps Christians get more done and get it done like Christians. And I'm your host, Reagan Rose. Well, this week, we're going to be talking about the topic of self-care. Yay! Well, we're going to actually going to be asking the question, should Christians practice self-care? I actually sent out a poll on my Instagram this week, and I asked that very question. Should Christians practice self-care? And it was pretty well split. I'm actually pulling it up on my phone right now. I don't know what the poll is currently at. Yeah, it's uh, currently at 48% said yes, and 52% said no, Christians should not practice self-care. That's um, That's a pretty even split, isn't it? Why is it that we're so split on this simple question? Should Christians practice self-care or not? So a few of you kind of realized what I was up to and you (laughs) messaged me and said, well, it depends what you mean. Well, yeah, I guess that's the whole point, isn't it? It depends what you mean. It depends what you mean. I have heard Christians fight about this vociferously, about people saying self-care is stupid. That's not something Christians should worry about. Like, why are we even talking about this? And other ones are like, no, this is a very important thing that we should all be doing. But who's right and who's wrong? Well, a lot of that's going to depend on definitions. And so I did a little bit of uh, research. I wanted to find out where this term came from. I hear it everywhere. Over the last several years, I've heard the term self-care everywhere. So I did a little bit of digging and I looked at the history of the term and I want to ask and try and answer this question biblically, should Christians practice self-care? You know, it's kind of funny to be talking about the term self-care this week. I am like dog tired and probably could use some self-care myself. I've actually been working on a course on morning routines. Basically, everybody tells you, hey, you should be doing your devotions. You should have some habits in the morning. You should get up early and and do this stuff so you can be a, a productive Christian. And I know I advocate for that too on here. And I realized from talking to people that a lot of us, no one has actually sat us down and walked us through How do you pray consistently every morning? How do you make sure you do devotions every single day? How do you make, how do you stay consistent with even like exercise or other things like that? And I realized that things that were sort of intuitive because people had shown them to me over the years are things that a lot of people don't really know how to do. And so I decided what I would do is make a course that was insanely and absurdly perhaps practical. And so I've been working on this course um, for a long time, writing it, and I just finished shooting it this week, and I've edited most of it now, and I'm very, very tired. And it really is, I suppose, no coincidence that we're talking about self-care here, because I, I am in need of some rest. So if a course like that sounds interesting to you, I will keep you posted. Just keep listening to the podcast. Or if you definitely don't want to miss an update when it comes out, you should sign up for my newsletter. In fact, you should sign up for my newsletter anyway, because I pack that sucker just full of awesome productivity stuff every single week. Insights from the Bible on personal productivity, um, links I find around the web that I think will be helpful to you if you're a Christian who's trying to be more productive with their life, and lots of good stuff like that. I'm trying my hardest to make that the best newsletter you read every single week. That's my goal with it. If you want that, go ahead and sign up at newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. 
and you'll get one of those every Thursday. And I also will send you a free morning routine uh, planning guide, which will be a nice little appetite whetter for um, the course when it comes out. All right, so check that out, newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. But let's get back to this topic at hand. Let's talk about self-care. So I have, when people say self-care, I have seen people use it in a range of ways. I've seen people refer to self-care from anything from, you know, making sure you get enough sleep to advocating for drunkenness and illicit drug use. That's a I think we we could say that's a fairly wide spectrum of definitions of what self-care means. And I think you could understand from that, therefore, why Christians might be wary of this term and might say, I don't think that, you know, Christians should practice self-care if by self-care you mean drugs and prostitutes. So you get it. But that got me thinking about it okay, a lot of arguments are fought over definitions. So where did this term come from? How come at least I haven't heard about it until the last few years? So I did some digging. Where did the term self-care originate from? Well, actually, it's been around for a long time. Uh, In the medical world, it's been used to refer to patients uh, being recommended to, you know, do physical exercise, eat well, basically take care of themselves instead of, you know, just seeking the intervention of a medical professional. So, you know, like a doctor would say, make sure you're eating right, make sure you're getting enough exercise so, you know, your heart gets healthier, practice self-care. So that's been used in the medical world for a long time. Uh, It's also been popular since at least the 70s in kind of the wellness, holistic, alternative medicine worlds where they would talk about, again, it was more about self-care meant taking personal responsibility for your health, you know, apart from or beforehand to seeking like allopathic uh, interventions from traditional medicine, right? So the the idea that you're responsible for your health, you should take care of yourself. I mean, those don't sound like bad things, right? Both those sounds like good things. I don't think that any of us would be upset about that. Like we'd say, no, a Christian should never take care of their health and they should never eat right. And they should only go to the doctor if they need something and only once they have diabetes. Like, I don't think anyone's saying that if you are. Okay, weirdo. But uh, I think it's the psychological side of it, which has become more popular in recent years. So a lot of times when people refer to self-care in modern times, I think, at least what I'm hearing, is they're really talking about mental health self-care. So dealing with your own stuff. And by the way, I guess I should say this here if it's not apparent. Like, why are we talking about this in terms of productivity? Well, burnout is huge, especially among people who are concerned with productivity, who are like, we trying to push ourselves and push ourselves to do more, accomplish more. The uh, the threat of burnout looms ever large. And so I, I think I've come across this term a lot because it comes up in a lot of the personal productivity, personal development literature that I read from like a, sel- a secular perspective. So that that's why I think it's important for us to understand this because if you're someone who is um, driven, you're ambitious, you're, you're trying to really do the most you can for the glory of God with this life, which is great, you could find yourself um, pushing up against your limits and perhaps wondering, well, what do I do? Maybe the self-care stuff is how I should, uh, how I should take a break and recover from that. So that, that's why we're talking about it. 
but typically you'll hear it talked about in a psychological sense. And in fact, this one has a longer history than recent years as well. The phrase self-care um, has been used for a long time within high-risk, high-emotion professions like an EMT or uh, trauma counselors or um, social workers. Like the idea is that there's these people that because of the nature of their job, prepare, uh, they bear a tremendous amount of emotional weight from, from helping other people. And so because of that, people wanted to make sure that they were adequately caring for their own emotional and mental well-being so that they didn't, you know, burn out. And that makes a lot of sense, right? Like if you've, if you've ever counseled people, I know a lot of listeners to this are pastors, like you have felt that the emotional weight of carrying someone else's baggage that can get to you. And so, of course, you need to make sure you were, you're dealing with that. Um, the term became much more popular actually around 2001. You can guess why it was the 9 11 terror attacks. You can look up back at that time and there was a ton of articles that came out in the wake of those attacks that had to do with this question of mental health and taking a break uh, from all the news and practicing self-care right but what's really interesting is the phrase really took off in popularity in the last five years and I'm wondering if you can guess why you know, if you're listening from home, write it down on a piece of paper before I tell you. So it took off in about the last five years. I, I took a peep at Google Trends, which, by the way, if you don't use Google Trends, it is awesome. You can basically you can type in a search phrase on there and it will show you the history going all the way back to 2004 about how much volume that term got. So it's, it's always interesting to see a glimpse into sort of how things became popular and when. But if you look at Google Trends, and you type in self-care, you can do this yourself you will find that self-care it's on there up until about 2015, but a relatively low volume of people searching for that term. But do you know what put it back on the map? It was in 2016, the presidential election, actually. Um, funny enough. I mean, I guess it's, it's funny to me. Um, but when, when Donald Trump got elected president, people lost their minds and, they started looking for ways to self-care. Um, I shouldn't laugh at that because, I, I mean, people have a lot tied up emotionally in politics, and I understand that, and it can, and it can, uh, something like that can really throw you for a loop. So, okay, I won't be mean about it. But one article noted this. In 2016, self-care officially crossed over into the mainstream. It was the new chicken soup for the progressive soul. The week after the election, Americans Googled the term almost twice as often as they ever had in years past. So it, the popularity of the term self-care went up in about 2016. So if you're thinking, I didn't hear about any of this until very recently, well, that's, that was kind of what set the trend rolling. And what really solidified it, actually, was a music album. Uh, a rapper named Mac Miller released a, an album called Swimming in 2018, and he had a song on there titled Self Care. And if you look on Google Trends, you'll see this huge spike in 2018. That was the release of Mac Miller's album. And so now this term has been, for, for better or for ill, the term self-care is cemented into our collective brains. So what do we do with it? What should Christians think about it? I mean, on the one hand, look, the, the idea that you, you should take time out for your own health 
like mental otherwise, like that you should take care of your body, that you should make sure that you're not getting um, so overwhelmed with stuff that you have a meltdown and, and, and burn out. Like who's going to, that doesn't sound like a bad concept, right? Like who's going to get upset about that? Uh, I'm certainly not. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, personally, I find the term self-care offensive. <laughs> not, not, I mean, just off-putting is maybe a better word. It just sounds gross and like self-indulgent. And I think maybe that's why it's so polarizing among Christians. So let's talk about that. Why is this little two-word phrase so polarizing among Christians? Why is it that I I do this Instagram survey and it comes down to almost 50-50 of people saying, no, Christians shouldn't do that, or yes, they definitely should. How can it be so different? Well, again, I mean, it comes down to defining terms. And I think that in pop culture, Probably the reigning definition of self-care is something more like self-indulgence. I think that that's probably fair to say. When you hear people in pop culture refer to self-care, a lot of times, sometimes they're doing it tongue-in-cheek, but they're talking about like, I need to go home and practice some self-care with a pint of Ben and Jerry's and a fifth of vodka. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like like you hear stuff like that. People are talking about like drinking as self-care or 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 drugs or a whole bunch of like terrible stuff. So like yeah, again, like that is not something Christians should practice, I don't think. Um so to answer the question, should Christians practice self-care? Well, it depends what you mean. If by self-care you mean avoiding responsibility, sinful self-indulgence, illicit activities, or just even like making excuses to hide from things that are hard in life, no, Christians should not practice that type of self-care. To put it simply, if by self-care you mean sin, then no, you shouldn't practice self-care. It's really that simple. But What's funny is that might sound obvious, but I have heard some Christians even advocate that type of self-care, not the drugs and things like that, but a sort of self-centered, selfish, self-indulgent self-care. I said self a bunch of times there. And here's how they'll try to justify it. And tell me if you've heard this before. Um, They'll say, Jesus told us that, you know, the second greatest command was to love our neighbor as ourself. But how can you love your neighbor if you don't love yourself? If you're watching on YouTube, I'm making a little heart with my fingers. Or if you're listening to the podcast, YouTube people saw it. Is it a good looking heart? Oh, no, not at all. I'm not good at that stuff. Um, but they'll tell you, you need to love yourself so you can love other people. Okay, fair enough. Uh, except for this little thing, you have no problem loving yourself. The world will tell you you do. They'll tell you, hey, you know, the problem is, uh, the problem. The reason you can't forgive is because you can't forgive yourself. Or the reason you can't love other people is because you haven't first tried to love yourself. Uh-uh. Cancel. Undo. No way. I don't believe it. I don't believe that. I do not believe that we have an issue loving ourselves. And you say, Reagan, what about the person who is um, depressed or, 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 you know, even practicing self-harm or 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 suicidal or things like that. Like, look, I'm not trying to dispel that or I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to say that those things aren't serious and aren't awful, but I don't think that the problem, even with at those extremities 
is a problem of a lack of self-love. In many ways, it's it's too much self-love. I think, you know, suicide is one of the ultimate acts of narcissism that exists. It, it is, it is putting yourself above everybody else, putting your own uh, desire to eliminate discomfort over all the damage that you're going to do to other people in your life. It's a horrible, selfish thing to do. And I just completely, I think the biblical, the, the biblical evidence is, is replete that we don't have a problem with a lack of self-love. We have too much self-love. That's our problem. We care too much about ourselves and getting outside of ourselves and putting our attention on other people is often, very often, the solution to a lot of our our woes is we're we're too busy navel gazing when there is work to be done and it's not till you put your hand to the plow that you find joy and excitement again. I didn't mean to get, uh, (laughs) I didn't mean to get super deep onto those subjects. This is not, we're not talking about that, but I have a strong conviction on those matters. And I have a strong conviction that man is depraved. We don't have a self-love problem uh, in the sense that we don't love ourselves enough. It's quite the opposite. We love ourselves too much. And that is where most of our problems arise from. But on the other hand, we do need balance in our lives. And I think that the the people who who voted on the little Instagram poll and you said, hey, I don't think Christians should practice self-care. I would just caution you with saying, just make sure that whatever you whatever your definition of it is, make sure that you're not um, saying that Christians don't require rest. And I don't think you are. You're better than that, whoever you are. These modern times we live in are insanely stressful. Um, and, and I know like this isn't world war two and like people have gone through crazier things, but just consider the multitude of micro assaults on our attention every day from all the negative stuff that's in the news, all the social media stuff that's pinging you, all of the just stress from work, especially now a lot of people working from home and like, you're never really actually done working because someone can always email you or call you like modern life is stressful. And we have to admit that if we're to try and live in this world, Uh, those two events I mentioned earlier that kind of, um, really started to bring, uh, self-care into the mainstream, what were they? 9-11, and the 2016 election. Both of those, the the things people were struggling with in those times was a multitude of news and to them, bad news. I mean, for the the 9-11, bad news for everybody for the election of like Donald Trump, like, you know, some people uh, felt really upset about that and needed self-care. But notice that. A lot of it was tied to they were being bombarded by bad news and a million other minor stressors and just stacked up. I don't think we were designed, really, I don't think we were designed to have so many varying inputs vying for our attention all the time. I I don't think that our minds were meant to bear such a, a cognitive overload, especially when so many of those inputs are negative and, you know, ads saying basically every ad that's on the internet that comes across your, your computer is telling you that you're missing something in life. Like imagine that 
Think about that. Every time you turn on the news, they tell you that everybody's dying. You're going to die next. Every time you see an ad on your computer, it's saying, hey, your life would be a little bit better if you just bought our product. And every time you flip on social media, it's telling you, hey, everyone else, their life is wonderful and your life is nothing by comparison. Like, of course, you're going to be stressed out. Of course, you're going to feel the desire to unplug. And so I, if by self-care, if you want to use that term, you're going to make me throw up. But if by self-care, what you mean is we need to have some balance in our lives. We need to know when to unplug. We need to know how to set boundaries uh, with work. Hmm, some of you need to set boundaries with work, don't you? Uh, with our phones, uh, even with um, you know certain relationships, like boundaries are good. Boundaries are healthy. Uh there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And so pulling back from some of those things can be good to, to avoid burning out, to avoid, you know, self-destructing. We do need a break from the madness sometimes. But I think like my, my big point, if we're asking this question, okay, should Christians practice self-care? I think the main point I want to make is that self-care doesn't have to be self-indulgent. And the only type of self-care that a Christian should practice is the non self-indulgent kind. So as much as the term grosses me out, self-care doesn't have to be hedonistic. And in fact, that's probably a better way to summarize the negative type of self-care or how the world might define it in in terms that we would say we shouldn't do that. Hedonism, right? The hedonism is the philosophy that the purpose of life is to get as much pleasure as possible. And so you need to find someone who can feed you grapes and fan you with palm leaves. Um, jokes. So we, we don't need to, uh, practice hedonistic self care. We shouldn't, but self care can be unplugging from the noise. If that's what you mean by it, that's good. Unplug from the noise. Sometimes turn off your phone, get off your computer. Self care could mean prayer. It could mean spending time with the Lord in reading his word. It could mean getting outside, going back into nature. And of course, it can be tending to your own physical health. Those are all good things. And I think that nobody, uh, but nobody should condemn that and say, don't do that. Of course, you should be doing those things. You don't have to call it self-care, but those, those types of things shouldn't be treated as luxuries or guilty pleasures. The peace that comes from walking with the Lord should just be a regular part of our lives. So we don't reach that point of burnout. So we don't feel like I'm just going to die unless I, you know, disappear into the woods for six months. That's not good. We shouldn't swing so constantly between the pendulum of pedal to the metal life and absolute burnout. That's, I think there's something wrong with us if we're doing that. And I think that probably that's part of the reason people have embraced self-care in the broader culture and even within the church. Even its hedonistic expressions, I think, are a symptom of modern life being catastrophically unbalanced for people. Many of us, I think, constantly teeter on the edge of burnout, and we can even wear it like a badge of courage. We like to see how close we can get to the cliff. How hard can I work? How, how many long days can I work at the office? How, how many sleepless nights can I have? And how tough can I be? They can even come out in church. How, how, I, I want to be the guy who's known as I volunteer all the time for every single church event. And then you end up sick, dog tired, and on the total edge of burnout. That's not healthy. And this is why I think more than ever, perhaps, a habitual, balanced life of spiritual disciplines and pulling back from some of the inputs and the, the, uh, 
the attention grabbers of the world, I think more than ever, that's important for us. Um, it's one of the horrors I think that's come out of people being basically banned from going to church for a long time when the COVID stuff happened is Christians who are living as sojourners in this world. We're aliens. We don't, we don't belong here. This isn't our home, but we're here and we live and we live here and we're, 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 you know, in the world, but not of it. It's, it's hard enough, but we need the fellowship of the saints to help fuel us, to help us going. We need that weekly gathering with other believers. We need uh, to worship and to have uh, the word proclaimed to us and to talk with other Christians, fellow sojourners, uh, fellow journeymen along the path. That's so important. You, you will burn out if you don't have that in your life. And so that's why I think it's so sad about what COVID did to church gatherings. Um, that's just a side note. But, but I would say this, if you, if you twist my arm and you said, Reagan, how, how do you think Christians should practice self-care? If you're going to, if you're going to use it, I'd say my self-care is worshiping with my brothers and sisters in Christ. My self-care is reading the word in the peaceful hours of the morning. My self-care is putting my phone away and praying to the Lord or playing with my kids or talking with my wife or going for a walk. But I guess the reason I don't want to call that self-care is because it's just normal. It's just, it ought to be normal. We should be people who live lives before God uh, in fellowship with other people. And we relegate work and whatever the internet and these modern phones are, whatever, however you categorize that, put it in its own little place in your life. Don't let it take over. Don't let it invade. Don't let your soul be constantly under attack all the time with no reprieve. Of course, you're going to feel like you need a break. But if you work that into your life and build in habits that allow you to be growing spiritually, allow you times of peace where you can pull back, uh, then you won't rush up against the brink. Then you won't constantly feel this need to kind of, ah, I'm going to blow up if I don't disappear for a while. That's that's my recommendation. Um, so even though part of me hates to call that self-care, that is the type of self-care that, uh, that I think Christians should practice just normal disciplines, living like normal believers in the midst of uh, this world. And then the last thing I'm going to say on this is with all, all of that being said, keep all that in your mind. The last thing I'm going to say is this often and perhaps surprisingly, the best self-care is really self-sacrifice. The best self-care is really self-sacrifice. I think that we definitely need to be cautious about um, selfishness in our self-care. If you if you are just constantly focused on oh I just need to make sure everything's balanced and and oh I don't want to I don't want to overcommit too much to this or that I, I need to be very wary about saying yes to to too many things like you do know what I'm saying like there's an attitude like of course you should say no to things I've talked about that on this podcast before too you can't you shouldn't be overcommitted but you can do the opposite thing especially people who teeter on the edge of bur burnout sometimes they go the opposite direction and then they just say no no to everything I I've been through seasons like this where I'm just like no. No, I don't care what you're asking me to do. Take the garbage out? No. Brush your teeth? No. <laughs> you know, like I, you, you get so overwhelmed that you're like, I don't want to make another commitment ever again because last time I became overcommitted and it nearly destroyed my life. 
So you have to be careful about selfishness in, in taking care of yourself. You have to be careful about that. And that's a heart thing. It's not a, it's not even really about balance of how many of this you do and how much of this you do. It's about a heart thing. Where is your heart at? And this is where I think self-sacrifice and really service to others is one of the best forms of self-care that we often overlook. God has indeed called us to love our neighbor. And often that sort of love does require sacrifice. And there is a wisdom to knowing when you're stretched beyond a healthy point and you need to pull back a little bit. And in fact, in our last episode of the podcast, I had Dale Partridge on and he talked about this a little bit, about how sometimes you need to say no when demands get too high. And, and you know, Dale serves as a, a pastor and he was saying that, you know, sometimes you need to tell a congregant, I cannot help you with your emergency right now. And that's so hard to do, especially for a pastor or even if you're somebody who's in some sort of a role where, where people look to you when they're in distress, that's difficult. But sometimes it's necessary. But just make sure that you balance that with knowing that your job as a Christian is to be a servant to God and to others. Um, Jesus said that whoever would be the greatest among you should be servant of all. If you want true success, you want true greatness, he said, be a servant of everybody. And, and you look at the life of Jesus, and that is what he did constantly, daily. But, man, I, I hate to say this, but if you want to say that Jesus practiced self-care, look to the times when he woke up while it was still early before everyone else, and he went to be alone with the Lord and prayed. Look at how he was constantly in fellowship with the Father even in the midst of a busy schedule, even in the midst of crowds pressing in among him, he took time and he communed with the Lord and he was refreshed. When the disciples complained to him that, you know, hey, we haven't eaten anything. What have you eaten? And he says, I have food that you don't know about. My food is to do the will of my father. Um, there is a special sustaining grace in serving the Lord and in serving other people as we serve the Lord. And what I've often found is that when I'm most down in the dumps, self-indulgence just drives me deeper into the dumps. I start to feel even worse for myself. But sometimes it turns out, I suppose ironically in a way, that the best way to feel better is to serve someone else. And sometimes the best self-care is to rest and unplug. And other times the best self-care is really self-sacrifice. And it takes wisdom to know the difference. So should Christians practice self-care? Well, if by self-care you mean hedonistic sinful self-indulgence, no. If by self-care you mean walking with the Lord, taking time to unplug, being in creation, prayer, fellowship with others, and getting off the internet once in a while, absolutely. Absolutely. And in doing those things, you can practice self-care to the glory of God. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to keep up to date and find out more about that morning routine course when it comes out and also get yourself a free morning routine planner PDF, go ahead and sign up for my awesome weekly newsletter at newsletter.redeemingproductivity.com. There's also a link in the description. And if you want to help support what I'm doing with Redeeming Productivity, consider joining my Patreon. For just a few bucks a month, you can help me to continue producing free content like this podcast, like my YouTube videos, like the newsletter, and all of that stuff where we dive deep into the theology and the biblical foundation for a Christian approach to productivity. So you can check that out at 
patreon.com slash redeemingprod. And if you sign up, the tiers have different benefits. You can join our private Discord server where we talk about Christian productivity. Uh, you can get some stickers from me, some little Redeeming Productivity journal. All that is in the different tiers there. So check it out. That's patreon.com slash redeemingprod. And a special end of the episode shout out to my current patrons. Thank you guys so much for helping make this possible. I so, so, so appreciate you. All right, guys, that's all I have for this week. Thank you again for listening. I will see you again here next week. But until I do, remember this, in whatever you do, do it well and do it all to the glory of God.